All right, guys, welcome back to On Shuffle uh, with Daniel and Matthew. Got a good one for you guys today. I know, all right, so Matthew, I'll tell you this, man. I was, um, I knew this would be a good episode, but then you texted me yesterday, kind of pumped about it, or this morning. I can't remember, it was yesterday. Uh, yeah, it was, well, you know, might have been today. Okay, well, but didn't you you text me something about yesterday about Whitney Houston, right? And then today we were talking some more. Well, or maybe it was today. Was, I think I wanted last night. I messaged you. Okay, oh, that's right. I recommended stuff. That's right. Well, okay. So Matthew texted me, and uh, and I guess you took my you took my excitement up up another level because I'll um, you know. But anyways, let me just gra- uh, you know gather myself. Uh, our homework was Whitney Houston. Um, so, so we'll, you know, we'll start that and then we, our main event today will be, um, the new Megadeth album. So, uh, mm. but starting it off, um, Whitney Houston, man. Yeah. So, uh, Whitney Houston, I know it's, um, obviously someone that, I mean, probably every person in the known universe, I want to say knows, you know, obviously of Whitney Houston, yeah, for um, sure. you know, as far as what she done, obviously they know the hits definitely. Yeah. Um, so I guess just going in, so, um, I know I come in, I just knew her hits, so I, I didn't, I didn't really have much relationship with her and I, mm-hmm. I just knew some of the tabloid, you know, stuff about sure. her. Um, so what about you, what's your kind of relationship with her? Okay. So Whitney Houston, uh, I am at the perfect age, uh, so, okay. So Whitney Houston, I was born in 85, Whitney Houston's first single was in 83 or eight, no, her first big hit was in her first uh, single was 83, 84. Her first big hit was like 85. No, her first album was 85. Okay, first album was 85. So, yeah. Um, and, and so I'm at the perfect age. And one thing I'll say before I turn it back, the thing about her, people don't... Uh, she's the only only person ever to to have seven straight uh, number one... Numbers or singles go number one. Every single she had, seven in a row from 1985 to 1988, went number one on Billboard Top 100. I mean... Yeah, that's pretty impressive. That's, that's cool. so impressive. Um, and, you know, her mom... Uh, was What was her mom? Her mom was a gospel singer, famous gospel singer, um, in her own right. But also, her mom sang with uh, backup vocals for, like, Aretha Franklin, Elvis Presley. Mm, okay. um, so, so, you know, her, uh, her she's got it. Good genetics, um, and uh, and I know that's not the question you asked me. I'm getting off here. I just wanted to, while I'm thinking about this stuff, uh, I, to my point, Brittany or Whitney Houston is as uh, my generation is when she was big. So I, as a kid, um, you know, and I think most kids today, you listen to pop music, what's on the radio, whatever's big is what kids are listening to. Um, so. She was the the it, uh, the everything. I think, or what was her nickname? The Voice. I yeah. mean, God knows. Can, can it get any more badass than that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's she's got Emmys. She's got uh, she's got dang um, her first movie, uh, Bodyguard. I remember that very well as a kid. And then she has like she had like five or six songs she wrote for that soundtrack. I know one of them, the real famous one. Yeah. Uh, I will always, or what was it? Uh, I will always love you. Yeah, yeah, that she did on there, uh, which is the, hold on, let me see. I think I put this down in my notes. All right, yes, The Bodyguard was her film debut and became the 10th highest grossing film to that date, which has six songs of hers on it, including I Will Always Love You, which is the best-selling physical single by a woman of all time. Um, That's awesome. 
uh, and, I, and I'll re- I'm going to go off this real fast. Uh, as I said, Mommy, uh, Mommy, Mom was a Grammy Award winning singer who started with Aretha Franklin and Elvis. Uh, okay, this is where I wanted to say. All right, so she signed a record deal in 1983 at 19 years old. Um, you know, fast forward, she's got two Emmy Awards, six Grammy Awards, 16 Billboard Music Awards, 28 Guinness World Records, as well as an induction to the Grammy, Rhythm and Blues, and Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, you know, I mentioned only art. I, I think, okay, because I'm going to ask you a question after I say this. Uh, p- people, if, if there's a certain age that really don't grasp it, she sold 200 million records, uh, you know, 200 million. For context, for anybody who might not get, grasp that, the Rolling Stones sold 66 million. And, and this lady has sold 200 million records. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing I want to ask you, and then I'll, I'll let you take off about the homework. One thing I've got to ask you, what age do you think you've got to be to uh, not really know Whitney Houston? Um. Probably just, like, I'd say, well, obviously, younger than, I don't know, at least 12 or 13, probably like pre-teen age, I would assume. So uh, you would think, like, a seven to, uh, high school kid would, would be familiar now? Uh, I, would, I would at least know the name. Yeah. Maybe not know, like, her as an artist or anything, but the name, definitely. I, I tend to agree with you there. Uh, I just, I wanted your opinion because, again, me living it, uh, and I know you did as well, but us living it, sometimes you, you don't realize or you might forget, like, uh, or not realize like that might not they might not know who it is. But again, I do tend to agree with you when you're talking about somebody that big. Anybody who's started diving into music at all knows who it is. Yeah, I think she's the kind of artist that falls into the category of well, not category, but the type of artist that um, if you were to ask like who's the greatest of all time, or not greatest, but like like I'll say. If, She's she's in a group of artists that when you say like oh yeah who's like you know we'd say it's the best singers of all time best artists of all time and like not being a fan of her never listening to her stuff they're like uh, she's will be thrown in there yeah. kind of like uh the, I guess like the Beatles you know Rolling Stones as groups Michael Jackson or even if they don't like not even not a fan of them they're yeah. like oh yeah like okay they already have that respect for as far as like you know well Matthew I think it's like this I think like we uh, we tend to say. And I put her, I put her in this exact company. She's one of the few people like this. P- Freddie Mercury. A lot of people might not even listen to Queen or rock and roll or anything, but if they listen to music and you ask them best singers of all time, they'll probably say, "Well, you got to count that Freddie Mercury from Queen. Uh, amazing what he could do." And I think she falls in there too. Like I, she yeah. might, you might not be into R and B, gospel, soul, rap, you know, whatever, uh, hip. She, you gotta. Everybody knows she's she's one in a million. You know. Yeah, um, but uh, so, yeah. So I just listened to her music. Uh, I ain't gonna lie. It, some of the, pretty much the, anything like in the '90s and up uh, fell flat. I didn't necessarily like it because um, it seemed like some of the R and B stuff. I know she was kind of into in the '90s. You know, until she passed away, um, it just wasn't. Like I said, it just wasn't for me. Um, it seemed like it didn't. It was kind of slower stuff, and it seemed like the for me, I guess the chorus has to be so big, you know, or at least yeah. catchy or melodic or yeah. something. And, yeah. um, and there wasn't, I guess R and B is more of a kind of a, I guess, uh, uh, a description of maybe R and B, maybe a lot of the choruses are kind of that way, yeah. but, um, a lot of the nineties stuff, um, wasn't for me. 
Um, you know, I like the. I guess thinking the '80s, she was way more pop, so I, I liked her for pop stuff better. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of similar to the Police, where um, kind of going in being like, okay, like so was a lot of people consider her like hold her in high regard. Kind of, kind of like, like I said, the Police. You going in. Um, obviously, you know, you hear the police saying, oh yeah, they're great. You know, there's a great band. Mm-hmm. Um, but why, why are they considered such a great group? Sure. And, uh, listening to her music, even like I said, the music's not for me. Um, there's proof. I mean, she's, you know, she is, you know, probably the best female singer of all time. Um, you know, not to separate it by gender, but, um, she is probably better than everybody else as far as female wise. Hands uh, down. Um, I'm, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of, you know, like maybe Mariah Carey, yeah. um, Christina Aguilera, you know, obviously there's kind of a long, long list, Aretha Franklin, but uh, she's probably better than all of them yeah. as far as um, just like the strength of, strength in her voice and just like, you know, obviously her tone and all that sure. technical stuff. Um, so uh, to a lesser extent, like I said, I didn't like her music. I, I did like the police coming out of the police, but with Whitney Houston, obviously, um, just kind of coming away from, you know, her as an artist – and you know, not uh, I guess the the public view of her, like just her as an artist. Uh, she was definitely special, you know. You know, for people that you know dug her music, uh, for everybody else, you just can you know you have to respect her and like and just uh, everything she accomplished and obviously just way you know you know who she was and like so just what she was able to do with like her voice and her ability. Yeah, no, you hit it on the head there, man. I, I can tell you this, she. Um uh, so you're talking about like going into the nineties. Uh, well, let me go, let me go back to this, you know, talking about what you're saying now. Uh, one thing that I, that captured me listening to her again, because I was a fan of her. Uh, but one thing that captured me and made me think about how special she was, I happened to watch some live stuff and, uh, and like you'll, there's some videos and I forgot which one, uh, there was one where there's other big musicians, uh, there and like it's like she hits another she got in the zone hits another level and it's just like everybody's there you can just tell the feelings like man this, nobody can do this right now this is the only human being this person is special um there she does a very good rendition of the national anthem um you know probably the best it's probably to me the best national anthem uh, you know ever sang uh as she does and i don't i don't know where it came from i do know that i've heard it many times but i yeah i used to use that as a coach uh when i did some high school summer stuff and and you know uh but anyways so you know you talking about her music um her 80s stuff of course her best stuff um you know that's obviously what got her to the table um got her internationally uh, known um I think you know we all know she's had her she had her troubles of course uh, you know her demons and of course they ultimately uh, you know uh, cut her life short but um, I feel like uh, and I could be wrong here so if there's a diehard Whitney Houston fan I do apologize just going off like uh, memory it seems like once she got with uh, Bobby Brown and uh, and you could kind of tell like you know her life was changing and maybe she was. You know, started she got into drugs and, and what have you. Yeah. Like her music changed and not for the better. Um, you know, as you mentioned, as it got on into like the mid late nineties, um, you know, I, I can't think of any songs that I liked of hers from that period to the, her death, which I think she died what ten or fifteen years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's been a little while. Yeah, I, and I I don't even think she was fifty, but um, but uh, so I think I think um, you know, and I and and which one thing that. 
uh, you know, musicians are obviously, their music's influenced by their lives and, you know, everything around them. So uh, I don't know if that played a part. I do know that it seems to me like that was one thing. Um, but, uh, you know, of course, her 80s stuff. I, I tell you another thing amazes me, Matthew. Uh, I think you and I have kind of talked about this with different artists before. But um, so if I'm not mistaken, so her, she would go and sing with her mom some. And I want to say she was uh, like... Uh, Saul that way. Now, Whitney Houston was originally spotted, uh, I think it was Carnegie Hall or someone, she was originally spotted for her looks to become a model. And of course, she did. She was like on Vogue and this and that as a teenager. But uh, she was also, uh, you know, uh, spotted as a singer while she would do stuff with her mom, uh, backup stuff or whatever. And, um, you know, I think her mom originally, like, they were like, hey, she's she's got to finish high school, this and that. But um, it's kind of amazing to me, though. It's like, hey, somebody with that talent is spotted rather, like, I guess in 2022, uh, you kick the doors down yourself when you're that talented. And you're like, hey, look at me. Look what I can do. I'm 12 years old. I'm going on this show and doing this or that. Yeah. It's just crazy that uh, someone with that talent, uh, can be just spotted somewhere and be like, Oh, I think I just found something that nobody else knows about that can do what she's doing. Uh, you know, it's just amazing how that works. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, um, yeah, just for her to kind of be you know, found found in such a way. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that is a you know, pretty cool yeah, a story. It is. But, uh, but no, um, so, uh, you know, like I said, uh, to, I guess to put a bow on it, I kind of agree with you, uh, 80s stuff, um, early nineties stuff, her, her, and her, well, let me say this. Probably her first of the 90s stuff is the best to me. Uh, the bodyguard stuff and, you know, that's when, she, you know, it's kind of like, oh, man, this is the female singer. Uh, but uh, but anyways, uh, I, I was always, I get sad thinking about her because it's one of those things where, you know, as a fan that uh, you kind of saw the route, you know, and she didn't put out music for a while. And I remember at some point, and I could be wrong here, Matthew, but I remember at some point, like, her voice wasn't as good. Like, it, you know, I guess the damage she'd done to herself. It, and I could be way off base there. And if I am, I apologize. But it seems to me like I remember there being something like that. Mm -hmm. But, um, and, you know, off topic, but, you know, really sad story. And it was really sad about her daughter, too. I think, you know, her, their only daughter was, like, what, 20, 21 or something years old, 22. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I think she was talented as well. I don't know that she was, uh, you know, as talented as her mom, uh, as a singer or whatever. But uh, I think she was a pretty. Ta I think her. I think she maybe sang some with her mom and like dance backup dance. So I, you know, I don't know. But uh, just a uh, sad. Like I remember uh, seeing like uh, some sort of like uh, documentary about her before, or maybe like a movie or something. And you know, not having any interest in watching it just because it's like ah. That's yeah. such a sad, sad deal. Yeah, you know? how it ends. yeah, it's just heartbreaking. So, uh, yeah, so um, I would recommend <laughs> Whitney Houston. I, I, if you if you are uh, living under a rock and you, you listen it, well, let me take that back. If you've never uh, listened to her at all, and you're one of the people that say, "Yeah, I've heard of her, but I don't can't tell you anything she's saying," uh, go back and go back and look at her stuff. Uh, the first decade of her career, um, you know, I would say like well, eighty four to ninety four. Go go. 93 go listen to that stuff and, and um and just you know if nothing else do that and maybe youtube uh, some live performances and um and you'll you might not go come away uh you know liking the songs but you'll come away impressed i could tell you that definitely so
All right, so we, uh, we, we broke that down. Now, um, this one I was kind of excited about. So, Matthew, let, i I got to be honest with you. I didn't know Megadeth had an album coming out. Um, you shared that with me uh, probably a month or two ago. Um, let me hear it after a podcast one day when they released a single. I think they released three, two or three singles? Uh, yeah, they released three. Uh, the first one was We'll Be Back. Okay. And that's the first one. I think that's when I mentioned to you about it. Um, that might have been... Well, it was in near the beginning of July. Okay, that, that single came out. Yeah, so they so uh, the, they had that. They had two more, um, and then you know, of course, you got me excited about it. I, I've mentioned on this podcast uh, many times, Megadeth, uh, uh, probably my top ten of all time. Um, you know, been on them since I was a kid, uh, teenager, and uh, you know, love Megadeth. But um, uh, so you had me very excited for this album. Now I got to admit to you, uh, I. Uh, you met you you know i remember i sent you something yesterday or you sent me something i listened to it this morning that was the first time i listened to it uh and i did sit there and i listened to the whole thing i think it's 55 minutes or something like that mm-hmm. uh, i listened to the whole thing um but staying true to our uh, format i want you to take it away tell me what you think all right so uh, this is one that i've uh, been following for a while um because it's been let me just look it up real fast um, I know it's been a f- at least a few years from Megadeth. Yeah, for a couple years, hasn't Yeah, you all, because I know that, at least before COVID, because I know um, they released their last album, I think Six it was dyst- dyst- uh, it was Dystopia in 2016. Okay. That didn't yeah. seem that, far, that long ago. I know. But, uh, but they released um, some greatest hits and uh, some an, an Unplugged album. Oh, since, yeah. Well, Unplugged Live yeah, from yeah. like 2001 or whatever. But yeah, it's been a little while. So and, and uh, looking back, twenty sixteen, that doesn't seem that long ago. No. But um, but yeah, it's been a little while for them to release a new album. So it's one that I want to say I remember. Well, I, I I guess I always assumed they were working on something. Yeah. But then I, th- I want to say you know before COVID, there I heard, I remember hearing they were working on one because they got um, a couple of new members before then. Um, and you can probably talk about this when we get to the music. Um, they got some like some heavy this heavy metal drummer from like mm-hmm. I don't know his previous work, but it was like heavy stuff, yeah. uh, way heavier than Megadeth. Yeah. Um, and it's shown through on this album, but we'll you know talk about that. Um, but uh, anyway, so um, after after they were in production, though he got cancer, and um, often went through that, beat that, and um, the. Uh, drama with Dave, David Ellison. Yeah. I want to say that might have been, might have been during like 2020, so a couple years ago too. Yeah. Um, I think he started on this album, though, right? Yeah, I would assume. In, I don't, I don't know if, if they like went back and redid his bass yeah. stuff, but he was definitely like yeah helped writing a lot sure. of it. I imagine. Um, so yeah, this is one that I've been on uh, keeping an eye on for a while, and then they I think announced earlier in the year that okay, it's gonna be this year. Um, so again, uh, I remember it came out in September. And I want to say, well, he was on Rogan, I guess, last week, week before, mm-hmm. talking about, well, a bunch of stuff, but a little, bit, some of it is about this album. So, okay, it's coming out soon. Um, so, yeah, so going into it, I was expecting it. Um, and uh, I'll say just to give my overall grade, and then I'll maybe talk about some songs and okay. you can uh, dish in there. Um, I think overall, um, just kind of looking at the songs I liked, and kind of, I guess, comparing it to the last few albums, uh-huh. um, 
I haven't really liked some of their albums, probably since Endgame. That was at least 2009, 2009, 10. Because um, that was the last, I want to say that was the, not the, maybe the last album. But I remember that's the, one of the first newer albums I got into them. Because mm-hmm. um, I think I became a fan of theirs before that album. And then after, like, I guess United Abominations or... I think that was that the previous one. I think that was the previous one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I became a fan, got into Endgame, and I did pretty much haven't liked anything since, um, besides like a song here or there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, overall, um, comparing it to the last few albums, I think I liked it a lot. Uh, um, for, and for me, I guess I should mention this in the beginning. As far as what I look for in a Megadeth, Megadeth song or what have you, um, I guess I want a. Uh, I guess. For me, Prime Megadeth has like just a pissed off Dave Mustaine. Mm-hmm. Like he, uh, singing wise, you know, or just, you know, lyrically, um, I just want him upset and mad. Because yeah. <laughs> it seemed like all, all their Prime stuff in the 80s and even like the early 90s, all, all the way up to like, you know, Endgame or like United Abominations, um, he just sounded like he was upset all the time. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of, so, so, uh, I don't really like subdued David uh, David Mustaine, even okay. though obviously it's better for his health. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I want uh, pissed off David Mustaine, and I want just complexity. I want things like change of paces. I want like different riffs or um, like just like different rhythms and stuff. You know, I I, I don't like um, their stuff when it seems like just kind of repeating more like normal like normal you know riff mm-hmm. you know riff based stuff um, or just a lot of solo and stuff. So I like complexity, um, and like I just like, um, and I guess lyrically, I guess just to go maybe add that part in there, um, I want like some serious stuff, you know, because Dave, you know, he a lot of his stuff normally is pretty serious. I think like thirteen is some of his some of those songs. Well, like I want to say who's what's the name of the song? Whose life is it anyway? Yeah. It's like. I mean, obviously, as a play on a TV show. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is stupid. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, that's, that's what I'm looking for. And I think um, other than the kind of the pissed off Dave Mustaine, I think he was still pretty subdued on this album. But everything else is pretty much there. Um, for me, as far as some of the my favorite songs, because there, there were a few that did shine through. Um, I like the opener, The Sick, The Dying, The Dead. I think that, I know, because we hung out yesterday and I mentioned this one to you. This one pretty much could have been Prime Megadeth as far as just the sound, just kind of everything I was looking for. Um, I did like uh, Dogs of Chernobyl. Um, and a fun fact about that song he mentioned on Rogan, because I think we mentioned briefly, it might have been private or on the podcast, how um, he like does research for lyrics. Mm-hmm. He does research. Yeah. And he mentioned that for that song in particular, and listening to the song and paying attention to the lyrics, that he... You know, obviously he's going through cancer, so he uh, pretty much asked his, I guess, his cancer doctor about like radiation effects and like kind of what happens at different stages of like radiation and exposure and stuff. Um, and that's you know, and a lot of that is in that song, so I thought it was pretty cool. Um, so again, um, the sick, the dying, the dead, dogs of Chernobyl. Um, I did like uh, Junkie, Psychopathy, Killing Time. Um, I guess it's pronounced. Celeb Butante. Mm-hmm. And they did uh, two two covers on this album that I had to look up. One was uh, a Dead Kennedys cover of Police Truck, which um, I feared it was a cover. 
um, something about it wasn't Megadeth-y. Mm-hmm. Like, I could tell it wasn't a Megadeth song. It was still like super cool, very, you know, again, it's pretty complex stuff uh, musically. And they did a, a cover of a Montrose song with Sammy Hagar. So that was pretty cool. Um, but overall, like I said, just comparing it to the last few albums and everything post-2010, um, I thought it was really good. I, I liked at least, I think it was, what, 10 or 11 songs on the album. So I liked at least half. Some of the others, they're not bad. They're just kind of ones that, um, not memorable, I guess, to put it that way. Not songs I would revisit. Um, but I would let play if it was on shuffle. It just kind of played it come on. Um, so overall, like I said, um, I liked it a lot. I wouldn't rank it as like an all-time great album of theirs. You know, I would, you know, I, I probably wouldn't. There's probably a couple albums post uh, before 2010 I would put it above, but not off the top of my head. Um, yeah. But again, I did like it. Um, I figured it was um, kind of a welcome return to Megadeth because like I said, it's been a while. Um, so yeah, like I said, I like the album overall. So I guess now up to you. All right. Uh, okay, so I think we're... <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something I don't think we've done much on this show. I, I don't think the direction-wise. Uh, um, so uh, I didn't like it. Okay. Did, nice. Didn't like it. Um, Variety. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and which I was hoping you would. I, I, I was really, I was thinking that all day. I was like, you know what, I hope he likes it. I hope that um, he heard things I didn't. Um, okay, so here's my big thing right now they got a guy named uh dirk verbarium or uh, anyways that the drummer yeah yeah. so this is his first album or second uh i think this is his first or or was he on dystopia uh that's a good question he might have been on well because they're drunk i can't even name the drummer before so they've had a bunch of uh think about megadeth (laughs) they've had a bunch of drummers um and and, you know one thing that i did want to note in this before i went on the album uh they had a guy named sean drover he was a canadian guy uh he was to me their best uh um but he was on i want to say he was on united he was on yes he was and in game yeah and then there was another album, potentially another album after that, I think. But he he was, uh, and, and and I say he was their best. Uh, and to me, in the in twentieth century, twenty uh, first century, he was their best. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I agree. but um, uh, okay, I thought it was I, I thought it was awesome how complex it was. It got back to Megadeth and, and and that that aspect really good. I feel like with a different drummer, I'd like the album a lot better. Um, so, uh, you know, to me, uh, it, a lot of it just ran into the, to, to each other. It was, and then the drums like, it's like, you know, and, and it's just like, it's, you know, the, uh, and some of the riffs were awesome. And I'm like, man, yeah. this is the time to do the, the Megadeth was, thing. Yes. Yeah. The guitar stuff was pretty, was Oh, it was so complex. good. So yeah, it complex. Awesome. It was so good. I love the lyrics. I love how Mustaine, it seemed like. He was doing things like I've never heard him do, and I can't really explain it, but like lyrically, he was like the way he would sing. Uh, he had like surprisingly like um, some of the courses were kind of surprising. Like, and I, okay, and I'm all over the place here. One thing I want to say: Killing Time reminded me of Vintage Megadeth. I really like yeah, Killing Time. Killing Time too. Uh, real good song. Um, you know, surprisingly, I'm gonna say. Uh, um, and I, I put this in the notes, and as I've thought about this all day, I've changed my mind. So the, the, the note says either a good song or it's because the rest isn't good to me. But the more I've thought about this, this is a unique Megadeth song. I've never heard him do much like this, but Mission to Mars, 
Uh, I really like Mission to Mars. Wasn't because there's it's, it's, I was going to mention uh, about the drummer. Is either that song or the song before that Celebi Butante? When the, it was probably like a minute of like this insane double kick. Yes, it was just like forty five minutes seconds to a minute of just like like no breaks and no just like breaks. just insanely fast yes. double kick. I was. He's so uh, he's good. Like he's really good. Like uh, uh, and, you know, I've mentioned this before. It's the reason I, that like, tool always pissed me off. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, so this, this is the tool kind of. Yes, this is the cool because because the thing about it is I like you mentioned the the guitar is so complex. I thought that it was. I thought that this would th- there was some songs in here. It was the perfect time to kick it back and do the just the heavy simple drum beat with how uh, how the songs were flowing, mm. but. Um, but again, it sounds uh, you know out there, but the artwork and everything, yeah. like awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I think they put a lot into this. I think it was really awesome. Uh, and I'll tell you one thing that's got me, I guess, a little bit, um, uh, how I say, uh, uh, what's the best way to say this? Um, <sighs> hold on. I, I guess a little salty um, about this album is... Um, is uh so you kind of mentioned you you kind of mentioned earlier about um about what's his face uh Ellison. yeah Ellison. um i so you know and i won't get into it i guess if you if you you can you can google it if you're listening uh if you live in a rock there was some trouble with him a year or two ago and they had to dismiss him um so i went down that road and i hadn't been down that road i just heard it when it happened i heard what happened yeah. and i and i was kind of like good riddance um and today I started uh, looking into that because I was like, you know, I, I remember something about it. I was like, let me check into this. So I look into it. Well, I still don't know the full story, but based off what I read today, I was like, you know what? The guy kind of got done wrong. Um, you know, he did something as a married man, as a Christian, like, you know, very questionable choices uh, he had. But but he did something that um, apparently was very legal and uh and someone you know hackers do what they do or whatever they went in and got a video that he made um so and that's that and you can google it whatever but uh and and then the fact that he's not there with him uh when he didn't commit no crimes or anything uh you know uh i I was kind of salty about that but but i don't think that uh um, I don't think that they lacked like you you can't tell that he's not there, you know what I'm saying, yeah, well, because um, the just a little I guess a little bit of more information I know because um, I know in the past because I, I want to say he was probably the the one of the original members of Megadeth. yes, you know, he was the second guy yep. you know joining the band you know other than Dave Mustaine was the first right um so I know it was kind of always not a butting heads, but it was always like kind oh, of yeah. contentious, and he did leave the group at some point. In time, I want to say Endgame was the first album back. He left about what, oh uh, one or oh two? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was at least the you know the twentieth century. Yeah. Um, and then they put. I want to. Say, I can't say speak for all their bases. Sure. I imagine there's a few. But I know the guy they have now was in the band Once Upon a Time, James Lomenzo. Yes. So, um, so yeah, musically, yeah, you can't like on the album, you can't tell he's not there. No, you can't. And I guess to piggyback off what you're saying, if I remember correctly, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, so th- they had a tiff, and I know like Ellison didn't claim Megadeth. You'd have to look into his work because he did like a podcast when podcasts were starting, like almost 20 years ago. And I, I and I remember it was basically what I'm gonna do, uh, what I'm currently doing. No mention of Megadeth. Like it was. No Megadeth, and I think there was something about credit and um, and royalties or something. Yeah, it was it was that because I read Dave Mustaine's 
original autobiography. I want to say My Life and Death, I think. Uh-huh. Um, and the, he mentioned that it was royalty okay. problems. Yeah. But, but one thing that, that I've always, uh, like, one thing that I always really liked about this, and I've probably never mentioned this, but uh, so I remember when that happened. I remember the, the, him leaving the band, and I remember there being bad blood. But one thing that I always find cool is it wasn't like neither one were out there uh, to my to my knowledge. I don't remember seeing it much, uh, but neither one were out there like just bashing the other. Mm-hmm. And eventually, uh, they said, "Hey, let's let's sit down and talk." And they sat down, they talked, and I remember them putting out a statement years back when this happened, uh, saying, "Hey, we've talked. Um, you know, we're going to continue to. Uh, right now, we're just focused on building our friendship back." And and then they did that. They built themselves back, and then they got back to doing music. And I always thought it was kind of cool how they did that. And it wasn't yeah. like a slash and axle thing. It wasn't nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when you talk about royalties and stuff, it's a great reason to never get back together again. But of course, they put their different side. I, I remember one of them making the comment like, "We're better together than we are individually." But we both done great things individually. But you know, because hell, Ellison has been with Megadeth since he was a teenager, if I'm not, I think he was like 18 or 19, because he's not even 60, and you know, what's yeah. he been when he was 83? Yeah, because I remember, I said, reading the autobiography, um, I want to say Dave Mustaine lived, he was living in like, uh, might have been an apartment complex, or like a condo type of thing, and um, there's a kid downstairs playing bass really loud, it was, he said playing bad bass, I guess it wasn't <laughs> that good, so he uh, pretty much told him to shut up, you know, be quiet, whatever, and eventually, David 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 Ellison came up, and he was like he like a young kid. He just moved out, out out west from like Kansas or like yeah. mid Midwest somewhere. And obviously, he you know worked out. He was in a band parade. I didn't know that. Long. That's cool. I had ne- I've never heard that. That's awesome. Yeah. Was um, this Arizona or somewhere? Was this where they were? At? Uh, I want to say I want to say Dave. I know he grew up in California, so I would I would I would, I would, I would say California. Okay. But, um, because I want to say David David Ellison, which is a hard name to say. It is, man. I, I tongue twisted. Uh, uh, um, yeah, I want to say he moved to, moved to California. Okay. Um, obviously, you know, him and his brother moved out. Yeah. So, so something about something about Ellison not being on this kind of felt like uh, uh, there's a part of me that was a little bitter. But again, I didn't. It's not that I noticed in the work, and I don't know. Sometimes, or I, I kind of wonder, uh, would would anything change? Would it be any better of an album or any worse? Uh, uh, but anyways, just just looking into that today, I was kind of like, man, I think kind of got a raw deal. But I understand uh, in today's world, you know, you, you kind of have to separate yourself from some stuff, even um, you know when it probably is tough. So uh, I do understand that part. One thing that another thing, and I know I'm getting off of it. Uh, listen to the, I told you I listened to the Rogan, uh, me staying on Rogan. You told me about that. Good call. Great episode. Uh, and you know, of course, I've heard and and been following me staying for years. Uh, but I listened to the album today and I was thinking like, man, it's gotta be so easy for him to sing. He'll do this till he's dead because he sounds exactly like, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, uh, it, it just sounds like he's just saying it. Cause he, he, the way he talks is the way he sounds. Yeah. And I was going to, well, I guess we'll finish with their video. I'm going to mention a live performance I saw them do recently, Okay, but just him vocally. Yeah. You can tell his voice has changed a little bit from for like, sure. you know, 80s Megadeth going until now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like his, I know like live, it, it fluctuates as far as his sounds and right. stuff. But um, yeah, on the album, 
other than like obviously early Megadeth, and he was just like singing really, really high, yeah, um, and just really harsh, um, singing wise. Um, probably I don't know everything after Countdown to uh, Extinction. He mm-hmm. probably sounds the same, uh, yeah. roughly the same. Yeah, I agree. Um, and like I said, just something about I know I think a few weeks ago we were talking about singers for some reason. We're and I, it's not like I was bashing Dave. <laughs> I can't remember what, what the pod was about, but about his voice and like him being a good singer versus like a good voice, all this stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just to touch on it just real quickly. Um, I really do like his voice and like I said, obviously he can't do, he can't play any other genre of music and be singing no. wise, be successful at all. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but his, but in, metal may be the only genre of music where, there can be a singer that cannot sing in any other genre, but yeah. in metal, they're perfect. Yeah, can you imagine him doing like a country album or something? <laughs> or doing something like the stuff Robert Plant's doing now? Well, because what album was it? It might have been 13 or after, not, not Dystopia, but one in between. Uh-huh. Um, there's like some, not there's like banjo and stuff on that album. Yeah. One of those songs, it might have been 13, I can't remember. Yeah, um, yeah I can't say, uh, you know, I guess I like Megadeth for... You know, I mentioned my reasons before, but sure. I like, uh, I'm a, like, no-nonsense, and, yeah. like, you know, I don't want, you know, banjo on a Megadeth album. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, one thing I think about a lot, too, or not, I don't think about a lot, but I have thought about this. You know, Ellison, I think he, I don't know if he started a church in Arizona or, or wherever, somewhere out west, or he um, just, like yeah, but I do, they do a lot, him and his family deal, that they can do a lot of music stuff with the church. And, uh, and I, I always, I've thought about this many times, like, man, I can't even imagine him doing like some gospel, like uh, easy going, not doing anything other than thrash, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, that, that's kind of funny to me, but you know what, Matthew, I think after this discussion, okay, so let me, let me start off by saying this. So you mentioned, um, you mentioned, uh, gosh knows the first, what's the first song on the album? I won't Google it. What's the first uh, the song? Sick, The Dying, The Dead. Okay. So I like that one too. Very good opener. And I, and I always look forward to Megadeth openers. Like it's kind of like, it always sets the pace. Uh, I really like that. Um, and I said something, I've said something on this podcast before, and I think you've kind of persuaded me today. Um, I came into here today to tell you that I didn't like this album. Um, but now I've told you that I like three songs off this album. Uh, which I've told you before classifies a good album to me. Um, so I got I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning other way. Uh, I don't like the song the, the most of the album I don't care for, uh, but I do really like three songs. So I would say it's a successful album in my book uh, in a weird way. Yeah. Uh, but and at the same time, I'm the type of person I might come to you two months from now. And we do this podcast, and I might say, "Hey, you know what? I kind of like the Megadeth album now. That's just the way I am." Um, you know, I'll I'll dice, I'll listen to it back through and through a million times, and um, and you know, and another thing, a song will come on that I didn't like randomly, uh, you know, two months from now, and I will be like, oh yes, I love this song, and I'm like, what the hell, Daniel? You hated that song when you first heard it. Uh, just it's weird. I can't explain it. Uh, it's just one of those mm-hmm. things. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna retract. Uh, and say that it's a successful album. We're gonna we're gonna start slow with this successful yeah. album. It's tiered. It's, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's multiple levels of successful. Yes. 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 But again, the artwork is probably one of my favorite ones. And, uh, recently. Yeah. Uh, yeah and, and probably in the last, uh, what do they got? Like fifteen or sixteen albums? They've got a lot of albums. 15. Yeah, because I want to say 
Dystopia, uh, you said 2016? 2016. And, and, and this album is probably the longest break they've ever had from albums. Um, yeah. For, yeah, or, yeah, I can imagine it was any longer than six, 2016. I can't six imagine. Years, um, but I, I would say this album art is probably my favorite in the last uh, probably uh, seven or eight albums. Um, real, well, you know what? Dystopia was a really cool album cover, too. Yeah, uh, you know. So even though I didn't care for the album, I really liked the. Uh, yeah, but um, it was like a modern dystopia, like in urban city type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so one thing that I'll say, uh, and I'll kind of close out on my opinion on this, and uh, is, uh, you know, we all know that uh, Megadeth's political. Uh, the you know lyrics are very political. That's just the way Dave Mustaine does things. Which, like, just to touch on that briefly, uh, for a quick comment. Yeah. Um, like that's probably one of the more like one of the things I like about I mentioned the lyrically yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like I like well even like uh, what's the song off of um, I can't remember it now um, damn it the song with I'll touch you in a second but the political uh, the polit- the his I might not agree with his political opinions all the time right because obviously he, you know he's his own man sure and all that good stuff. But uh, I really do like the political, like, lyrics aspect of it because, yeah. um, you know, just, you know, like I said, just listening to him and something about his voice and, like, it might have been, like, the, well, I was trying, trying to think of a way to put it. It was like a, like a, like a character almost. Like, it's yeah. just like, a, almost like he's doing, like, a, like a character on a show where he's yeah, something, yeah. You know, it's not just, like, it seems odd to have just a normal voice sound like right. that. Right. And I was thinking that system has failed. Um, Black Mail the Universe is like a you know it starts off with a mock newscast yeah. in the beginning yeah. which you know probably one of the reasons one of the things I like about that song the most yeah. honestly but uh, y'all do it I like the political aspect of it but I didn't think this one was as political uh, and maybe I go back and I'll be like no this one's a lot more but I didn't feel like this one this one to me was geared more at like uh, uh, I don't I don't really know like so, some of it to me was like People suck, uh, <laughs> rather than straight like politics. I, I don't know. It, it wasn't as bad, but to your point, and here's something I do agree with you on. Sometimes I don't agree with it. Uh, you know everything he says, but one thing I like about him, he kind of separates himself from the others. I think uh, in this day, and I, th- I heard somebody say it pretty funny a few weeks ago. They, they said like Rage Against Machine should change their name to Rage with the Machine because uh, yeah. he, you know everybody used to be against the man, and everybody's with the man these days, uh, or you're you know canceled or whatever. But Dave, uh, it didn't matter if it was Bush, uh, Trump. Uh, Ab- I remember during the Obama era, uh, I forgot what album that was, but he went in on the um, uh, on the uh, like the what was it, the market crash or, or the yeah, uh, I think it might have been super collider. Was yeah, it? he went. What, it was the um, it was during the uh, the big problem with the uh, buying homes and stuff oh, like that. You thought it would have been like oh eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but. It didn't matter. Like, you know, you people would be like, oh, he's, you know, he's uh, too progressive. He's hating the, the conservatives. And then it's like, oh, no, 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 no. And he's going to say whatever he's thinking. Like, he's not he's not picked a side. He's going to, it's strictly what he, uh, which I like that. Like, you know, I think everybody should be that way. You shouldn't pick a side. You, you shouldn't draw a line in the sand. And I, that's one thing I like about Dave Mustaine. But I didn't find this one as political. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, overall, like I said, so... Uh, we both deem it successful. Yeah. And I think it'd be a fun conversation, um, not to get into it now, is like kind of like the tiered, like our tiers of like good albums. Mm. Um, maybe not like a list like a long list of albums, but yeah. like what we consider successful. That's a good um, that's a good idea. Um 
Yes, I think we both find it successful. But I'll also touch on a live performance I've seen. Cause okay. It, um, I think it was an interview with Eddie Trunk um, on Sirius, the video on YouTube. So it's like, I think it's an hour and a half. I, I, I just fast forwarded to the performances of it. Mm. Um, and it was a lot of old stuff. I think they played a couple of new songs, a lot of the singles off of this album. And I know we were talking about Ellison, which, you know, he did what he did. It's kind of all yeah. water under, under the bridge right, now. Right, right. Um, where he is missed um, is vocally. Like, yes. you know, live, you know, not that he had like a, you know, obviously a great voice. No, he's but... A, he's not a Freshante, kind of, you know, kind of a backup singer, yeah. but um, it seemed like they almost didn't have any backup singing, it seemed like, on this on this particular performance. Yeah. Um, like I said, and I know with him, he at least provided, you know, you could hear him. And yeah, he did provide Mustaine some support as far as that's concerned. He but. did a really good job. And one thing, you know, I mentioned earlier, Drover. Drover was actually a, a good backup vocalist too with him, you know, when mm-hmm. he was a drummer, which I, I really like him. I mentioned it earlier. But no, you're exactly right. Um, other than that, um, I would definitely still like to see uh, Megadeth after this, after seeing them play on this YouTube video. Sure. But uh, vocally, it was kind of hard. It was... He, he was either singing too quiet mm. and or it could have been an off day yeah but uh yeah it was it was kind of tough yeah it was tough it was <laughs> it was tough not because he was like kind of doing the paul stanley thing nowadays yeah. where like he was just like hitting wrong notes uh, it was almost like you just couldn't hear him like yeah. it was just he was singing so low that i guess to stay in tune i guess yeah. um so yeah it was, it was, it was hard vocally nice but um but musically, they obviously they still got. It. They're amazing. So uh, now, Dave, if you don't like that, we challenge you to come on the podcast and talk uh, about it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, and obviously we talked a lot about Megadeth's history, but yeah. we can still. I would still like to revisit them, like we did with Cornell. Yeah. You know, down the line. Oh, I, I like that. Um, talk about not just their new albums and stuff. Sure, because you know I think it's I think it's a good idea because we can jump. We could talk about where we jumped in on them, and uh, you know, kind of. Where we feel like is their uh, their gravy zone, or however the hell you want to say it, like where where we feel like is their, you know, their top of their their peak, uh, so to speak, and and, and I guess yeah. kind of where we, yeah, I mean everything we feel about that's a good good idea. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think this is a successful album review. I think we both liked it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, I said I'll definitely. Um, You'll probably re-listen to it. Put some songs in rotation. Yeah. Because, um, like I said, there's some stuff I think what will keep me coming back to it is like the complexity For stuff. Sure. Like there's those older songs like uh, "Go to Hell" or like mm-hmm. "Tornado of Souls." They just like those like complex parts and not the changing and not like uh, mm-hmm. not the same stuff over and over again. Just makes me uh, revisit that stuff a lot. So yeah, there is some of that on this new album. I'll re- will revisit. Alright, so there you have it, man. And and I'm I'm with you. I'll I'll we'll revisit. One thing I'll do and I'll end there, uh, is I will definitely uh one thing about Megadeth, I'll go back and uh, I'll try to re listen to lyrics again. Um I'll I'll Google lyrics. Um I just I always like to see uh where his mind's at and, and for albums, so uh but I will I'll agree with you. We'll keep listening to Megadeth. Yep. Alright, so uh, you know, moving on, uh we have our uh recommendations. And um, you know, of course, uh, go listen to uh, go listen to the new Megadeth album. Uh, let's make sure we start yeah, there. Yeah. I need to see. Did I let, let me look and see if I put anything in the notes for uh, for this segment? Um, uh, hold on, this is great podcast, and I'm checking my notes. Uh, you know what? I don't think I did. What do you got for me, man? What do you got? Yeah. So uh, I'll uh, because uh, 
I guess I was have a lot, a lot of comments about. Um, I remember you know, I knew uh, the Taylor Hawkins tribute concert was yesterday, mm. and I knew that was coming up. No, they're gonna. I didn't know it was gonna be live streamed, but I knew it was gonna come up, and they're gonna do a show in I want to say Wembley, and then another one in LA, um, probably like a couple months apart. Um, so, but I didn't see it. I didn't watch the concert live. Um, so last night, you know, settling in at home, I did um, come across it on YouTube. So I started playing because right. um, I think the first video, I think, well, the first one I seen you, the first one I saw. So I'm just going to touch on a few performances from that show. It was um, it was Justin Hawkins, Wolfgang Van Halen. Mm. A drummer named Josh Freeze. I don't really know, you know, what he bands he's band he's mm-hmm. in, but um, you know, it was Dave Grohl on bass. Yeah. Um, Justin Hawkins sang. Wolfgang played guitar. Um, so that's what I what I first watched. I was yeah. like, okay, well, I have to watch it. It's Justin Hawkins. So that's kind of the main yeah. thing that attracted me to it. Um, and they played "On Fire," which is a, a song from Van Halen's original album, and uh, "Hot for Teacher," mm-hmm. and. Uh, they nailed it. They sounded great. Yeah. Wolfgang, uh, I know you said you watched it. Ooh. He's he like Wolfgang's pretty much sounds just like his dad on yes. guitar. Um, he's so, impressive. Yeah, he's you know he's you know he's obviously you know very good. Um, and uh, I'm so glad looking in the comments after the video, a lot of love for Justin Hawkins. Like yeah. I say, he um, obviously he sounded great. Um, well, you know I didn't expect him to. Uh, so you said so. Okay, little backstory. Matthew sent me the video. I, I hadn't heard about it or anything. Um, and when I saw it, uh, and I saw what, and I heard, you can tell right away what they're, what song they're doing. And, and my, I don't know why I would ever doubt Justin Hawkins, uh, mm-hmm. because he is one of my top five, uh, of all time. I'll say that. Um, but I'm like, there's no way it, it didn't take long. Like, gosh, knows why would I ever doubt that this sounds great. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So starting off cause, um, I knew it was like it was knew it was live streamed after the fact, so I was like, okay, going down the list. I know that I saw a uh, rush, you know, which I was amazed that obviously it wasn't full rush. I mean, obviously right. Neil Pert passed away, rest in peace. Uh, but uh, they got uh, Getty Lee and Alex Lifeson, who mm-hmm. probably haven't played. Um, I would go out on a limb live together or separately. Since they kind of called it quits, however many years ago, it might have been five or ten years ago. It's been a while, um, and uh, they both sounded great. They haven't missed a beat. No. They played um, twenty one twelve, um, uh, twenty one twelve working man, and I'm just gonna miss me the other song, mm. but um, but the, some of the comments weren't favorable as far as Dave Grohl on drums because he was playing drums for them. Mm-hmm. Not that he sounded bad. I guess it just wasn't. Yeah, it's, well, you know, I mean. Yeah, that's like, yeah, it's like taking some uh, drive through worker and telling him, hey, go put number 23 on for the Bulls tonight. <laughs> you know? Well, I, I was, I was going to go to a, not as an offensive analogy <laughs> of like. Um, that's how good Newport of, of, of asking like Bob Ross to paint a Picasso. Right. Well, that's yeah, a good you know, because, you know, Dave Grohl does his thing on Drums, oh, I know he does. He's but, great. Uh, I'm just saying. But Neil Pert is like a, you know, he's a different. That was mean, wasn't it? Yeah, a little, a little bit. <laughs> but, Dave, uh, if you want to talk about it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I guess, uh, so again, it was from your rush. They obviously sounded great. Um, you can tell they're older because, you know, just, you know, 
things you know, yeah, with, with, sure. voice-wise and stuff like yeah. that. But anyway, it sounded good. Um, and for like 30 minutes, I found like it was like a 30-minute long video. It was just like pretty much Queen. Mm. <laughs> and I was thinking, well, what is this? This this is strange. And it was, it was, it was you know, Roger Taylor, um, Brian May, and a whole slew of other people, not to get into it. But um, I think... Uh, Luke Spiller from the Struts, he played. Um, it's gonna, lose, gonna uh, lose me now. Oh, they, they did. We will rock you, and then the fast version of We Will Rock You, which I personally think is the better of the two songs. I think they, I want to say Queen opened up uh, Queen Rocks Montreal with that mm-hmm. song. Um, he sounded great, and then Justin Hawkins did uh, Under Pressure, um, and again, just seeing him, hearing him sing Queen songs. In a live setting, obviously, you know, he, he nailed it. Obviously, it was yeah, great. Of course. Um, there was another singer from, I want to say, what's that? Eurovi- Eurovision, I guess. Mm. Um, I, you know, he was okay. He sung Somebody to Love. Um, but I'll say the, probably the best performance, and I'll, you know, this is just wrap it up here, um, was uh, Taylor Hawkins' son, Shane Hawkins, played uh, My Hero. Yeah. Um, and just. Just to start off with the song, because um, I know, because that's a song, I want to say that either the whole album was like an unplugged live album, or if it, it might have been just that song that was uh, unplugged. Um, it didn't work for me, because the drums weren't in it. It was just like, you know, guitar yeah. um, and Dave Grohl singing, and it, and it didn't do it for me. Um, it had to have the drums in it. Yeah. Um, and that's, for me, that's kind of the, what keeps the, uh, what, what I like about the song, man. If that like, song comes on, uh, if you, there's no singing, there's no guitar, you hear those drums start, you know that's that song. I, I probably like the drums in that song more than like Everlong, which is, I guess is their, yeah. people will consider their best like drum right. drum track, I want to say. Right. Um, but hearing, because I think Dave Grohl mentioned before he they started playing the song that uh, he's never seen anybody hit the drums as hard as this kid did. Mm. And uh, I guess you watched it, right? Yes. He beat the shit out of these drums, awesome. like, like near the, because like, there's like a, an extended um, bridge, I guess, or solo before they got into the last chorus and like really hammered it home. Mm. And like you could see him like literally hitting it with all he all he could. Yeah. Like he beat the shit out of the drums. Yeah. And what I found impressive about it was normally because you know both music and, you know, amateur musicians yeah. uh, in our own right. Uh, just playing guitar for me. Um, if I ever got like a lot of energy or I like, amped or like you know a little aggressive, mm-hmm. normally I would just get out of time and just you know you know sound bad. Yeah. Um, but for him to stay in time with the band and not like get too fast, and I'm, I would, I'm assuming he doesn't play drums in a band. You know, you know obviously his you know dad probably taught him you know everything he knows. Right. But uh, he just sounded great on yeah, drums. He, did. Uh, he sounded really good. Um, overall, the whole concert was great. Uh, from what I've seen, um, uh, there's probably a few people I left off. I, I didn't. I know like Liam Gallagher was there, but I didn't watch anything like. I didn't watch Liam Gallagher's uh, songs, but uh, um, but anyway, uh, I know they're gonna do it again. I would not not sure when, a month or two. Uh, I'm gonna have to watch that that time because, like I said, it was sure. overall it was really good. So I'll recommend. Oh. Uh, you know, there's a lot of videos on YouTube. I'm not sure if the live stream is on like Paramount Plus where it was streamed. Um, it could be. I don't have Paramount Plus. Um, so, but if you do, check it out. If not, look it up on YouTube.
All right, a couple things. So, uh, or a few things. One, we we I've got Paramount Plus. So we're gonna have to check that out uh, to this evening. Uh, Two things. Uh, one, Dave Grohl, you're a good drummer. Uh, I want to apologize. <laughs> you're a very good drummer. And number three, uh, I probably shouldn't say this on there. My grandma looks like Getty Lee. Uh, so yeah. Uh, yeah, there's that. I've mentioned that to Matthew before. So uh, <laughs> it is a fact. <laughs> I'm not going to post that, and I'm sorry. Uh, I'm uh, pretty sure she won't listen to this. Um, and if you do, I'm sorry. But uh, but yes. So no. Uh, and and I'll leave you with this. Uh, you you sent it to me. It was awesome to watch. Uh, kind of emotional watching the son play. Um, you know, it was one of those things where he could have turned around in the chair and just swung behind his back, and he wouldn't have missed because uh, you know the adrenaline and like you know it, it was just the moment and everything. It was awesome. Um, yeah. So so you know I, I haven't seen all the other stuff. I uh, saw the videos you sent me. Uh, I, I can't wait to get into it and watch it though. I want to see um, Spiller and I want to you know, but uh, but yes. So. Uh, Check that out. And is um, um, one more recommendation. Yeah. Uh, it's a separate video unrelated to that. Um, I mentioned the YouTube channel before. They changed their name. It's called Dead Wax. It's like the professional musicians talk about more in depth about their songs. And there's they had one recently of a legendary studio session guitarist. The guy's name is Tim Pierce. He's played on one of my favorite songs, You'll Be In My Heart from Phil Collins. He played on that song. But um, he played on, on, on like a huge crowded house song too. Um, hey now, hey now. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's so he played on that song too. I think that's his first big break. But he's in the video. It was he said this song was his most successful, most played song he's been on, and he played on Iris. Oh. Uh, Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah. Very entertaining watch. It's probably twenty five minutes of and breaking down different parts he played on and you know process and all that stuff oh that's awesome um so yeah so uh, check that out as well heck yeah man so you heard it here uh so we got i guess uh, to finish up we got to give ourselves some homework um and uh while you're doing that yeah um just to give the next topic because we've already talked about this um because you started watching this movie already and um because it's just now on hbo max so we're gonna watch it this week and we're gonna do a first movie review next week on Elvis. Oh yes, because that's on uh, HBO Max now. If you have that, check it out. Um, you started telling me about it last yes. night, and I pretty much said, "Hang on, we'll yep. talk about this later." Yep, yep, yep. Uh, we're saving for the pod. So yep. yeah, talk about Elvis next week. I can tell you, it's so good. I haven't finished it. I can't wait to finish it. It's just that good. Um, so that'll be a good podcast. We'll have a lot to talk about there. Can't wait to dive into that. Uh, and our homework, Matthew. Uh, I've got an answer for you. It's no doubt. Okay. So uh, we're going to be uh, listening to uh, No Doubt. We're going to break it down, tell you what we think about it, and uh, it'll be a good podcast. So appreciate you guys listening every week, and uh, we'll see you next week. See ya. Peace. See ya.